The SaaS Universe podcast is brought to you by Efficient Capital Labs. Realize your future revenue today. Bangalore, the city of tech dreams. A young man takes a stroll amid the buzzing energy of a hackathon, a tech enthusiast haven, teeming with bright minds and cutting-edge ideas. It was here in the heart of Bangalore that a final-year college student named Harshit found his true calling. As he navigated through the vibrant tech community, something ignited within him, a spark of passion that would change the course of his life forever. I visited Bangalore specifically for a hackathon and I really loved the idea the whole place had and that itself pushed me that wherever I'm going to get placed in college I'll make sure that I come to Bangalore and join a startup or try to do something on that side and that was the first incident that influenced me that okay there is a lot you can create with a set of people right so that was what pushed me initially and eventually I I came to Bangalore I started working at a startup Fast forward a few years and Harshit is now the founder of Appnox, a mobile app security company. I started Appnox, the current company, along with my co-founder Shubho. So Shubho is my college friend. But what's even more intriguing is that his co-founder Shubham has a past that not many people know about. He used to be a hacker himself. That's right. These guys aren't your average startup founders. They're hackers turned protectors with a story that is as thrilling as it is inspiring. In fact, he once hacked Harshit's first startup product right in front of him, leaving him in awe and frustration. Now, the two friends have gone from hacking to protecting against hacks. Talk about a full circle. So idly he used to hack into people's profile and all of that. So while I was building my first startup product where we were a team of 3 members only and I was majorly taking care of building product. So Shubha had hacked it couple of times and definitely that was done intentionally while I was sitting next to him and I realized that me being a developer I was proud of what I was building and he could rip it open uh and right in front of me so that pushed me that okay I should work on cybersecurity as my startup and Shubho had brilliant idea around mobile app security so we both started working towards it in 2014 two years after I moved to Bangalore while I was working in my early startup trying to figure out two or three products that we were trying to build there were a lot of learning in my first startup as well because we worked on building uh, two to three products but we could not market it or grow it so I realized that sales marketing all of that is very very critical I used to attend a lot of events back then your story takes parks and a lot of other events in 2012 13 uh, we were in fact selected one of our product that we were building in the first startup was selected over there as well but eventually I I took a call that I'll start something of my own and yeah that was how we started Appnox and uh, Idly Shubho was at TCS trying to build mobile security over there and he was also not happy with whatever he was doing at a big MNC and he wanted to move things really fast and we realized that we both can work together and like speed up the entire thing and probably work and create something very big though I think when we started we had much bigger aspiration with little idea of how we have to start and what we have to go through as a journey
The air was electric when Harshit and Shubham first broached the idea of Abnox. The two friends, both tech wizards with a passion for innovation, were practically bouncing off the walls with excitement. The idea of working in and around the security aspect of mobile applications was intriguing, especially with the growing trend of mobile-first and mobile-only businesses. So ideally, when we first met and we started talking about it, it really excited me because I was looking at more of scale perspective. And when he told that we can scan mobile applications, and that was the same era where like Flipkart was going mobile first, and uh, Mintra probably around 2014 or 15 told that they'd switch off our website at all and we'll be only on mobile app. So there was a lot of mobile first and mobile only thing coming into picture, and I could really connect to that. Okay. next big thing is going to be security around mobile app so when we started talking about our tam uh, we told that okay there are 3 million 4 million apps in play store and even if we get 20 dollars or 30 dollars from each app we are already a billion dollar plus business but as they dove into the business side of things they quickly realized that it wasn't as simple as just having a great tech product selling to internet companies was no walk in the park and it took them several years to truly understand the ins and outs of their target market back then we, we didn't had much idea I, i came from engine building product background super came from breaking the code background and both of us didn't had any business sense and whenever we used to talk about we, we used to end up very very happily but when we used to go out and start interacting with business we realized that even selling to a single internet company is also very very difficult like you need something else when we go and we used to only talk about tech and product and fancy stuff it does not make the sale happen you need a lot more than that so i think that was a learning that took us almost 2 to 3 years to even come up with that as the saying goes hindsight is 20 over 20 and for these two entrepreneurs that was certainly the case when they first started out they had no idea what they were doing they were experimenting on all levels from product development to pitching to investors even the way they approached potential customers was a learning process The best part is that there is community, and I was blown away by the community. Even that initiated my whole joining startup versus the corporate office that I had in my hand. The whole point was that uh, the community has so much, and I can never thank a lot of people enough in those initial days because I posted these queries that we have built our business model. I want people to review it and tell us, and we met at CCD McDonald. A lot of people who have done this. and the kind of feedback we had got from them that itself within a week we realized that whatever we are building or we are thinking that this big business is going to be that's not true and we have to really think on how the pricing will work interact with companies try to sell them so all of that was the difficult part and that was just discovery of figuring out that there are a lot of difficult things we have to do and a lot of things we have to unlearn because as an engineer you always have this habit of selling your product versus understanding what the other customers or prospects really want so there was always this bias that my product can solve everything and i think that took us almost 2 3 years to be very frank we are just trying to sell we were able to sell as well but yeah it took us 3 years to realize that we are not selling to right market segment understanding what really problem are we solving for them all of that was a journey in itself as the young entrepreneurs set out on their startup journey they knew it wasn't going to be easy they faced numerous obstacles along the way but 
Perhaps none were as daunting as the mountain they encountered early on. It was a challenge that made them question whether they should continue on their path or not. I think there were multiple occasions where we came at the conclusion that we should just shut down the company. The first was after a year itself when so we got through an accelerator where we got some $25,000 funding and some leadership on advice on how exactly we should do things and we were based out in Singapore for almost 6 months. So within 6 months we had burnt out our $25,000 completely. So we are again penniless. In the startup, both of us trying to figure out things. And luckily, we got through Microsoft India. Back then, Microsoft Ventures used to not only give office space, but food and flight to stay. So because there were startups from Hyderabad and other places that used to come there for three, four months. So we also requested them and they gave us a flat to stay in MG Road near Microsoft office. Overall, we were on free food, free stay and trying to build startup. But overall, over there, there was a lot of learning. We actually started building company. Uh, we interacted with a lot of B2B SaaS companies. We realized that a lot of companies are a little far ahead. They're making revenue. We thought we are getting there, but uh, there was another moment where we uh, realized that it was not the case. So I think Microsoft Ventures definitely helped us. But right before Microsoft Ventures, we were sure that we are not going to survive. We don't know what to do. We were interacting with a lot of companies, but nothing was getting us anywhere. And uh, we were sure that this is going to die. And definitely, I think these are the points where we are breaking off. We, we come across something really good. And that happens because we are in that figure figuring out mode. And we interact a lot. We try to fix things. And when we are like desperately trying to do that, we come out with something which makes like next three to four years of the company. As Harshit reflected on the early days of his company, he couldn't help but recall the excitement and uncertainty of acquiring their first client. It had been a long journey with many twists and turns, but that first customer had played a pivotal role in launching their business. We did our first sale through Paytm back then, where we had sold them a mobile app security. That was in 2015. Paytm had just launched their e-commerce app. We are thankful to them because they were the first customer that we sold our platform to. I met the VP of engineering back then. I mentioned that we are building something around this space and we are very keen. We want to work with the mobile focused companies and we realized that Paytm is growing a lot. So we wanted to engage with you. So this guy called us to office. His name was Pratyush. So he told that, hey, Harshit, let's meet at office. They were based out in HSR back then. So we went to their office in HSR. We interacted with them. And at the end, he gave us few pointers on the product. He told that you have to work on these things because we were also very early. We also did not realize what really. So we showcased him. He was happy with whatever we had built, but he wanted more. Some of the changes as per what they do in usual for their security testing. So we worked around that. We came back to him. Then he told, okay, let's start with five apps. So he immediately gave us five apps to you. Though, though the deal size was very small, but still I think that was more of motivational money that we got from the deal than the actual value of it. The main reason we had to do that was ideally like one of the mentor in Microsoft Ventures. His name is Prasad now. So he's an advisor to us now as well as part of OPIPA. But yeah, so he was like every day when I used to meet him, he used to say, show me the money. Where is the dollar? So I was forced that, okay, I have to sell something. So I used to go back to Pratyush and say that, hey Pratyush, we have to close a deal. Uh, we are very early stage, but we need some billing for this. And he told, okay, we, let's take five app scans and let's see how you guys perform. And then we'll buy more. And after that, they bought more once again. We worked for it for a year. And after that, I think, yeah, eventually decided that we'll go more up market enterprises, banks and all. 
Harshit and his team at Hapnox were on the verge of something big. They had built a product that was high in demand, generating over $2 million in revenue. But they knew that in order to take their business to the next level, they needed more funding. That's when Harshit heard about an unconventional way of raising capital, one that didn't involve giving away equity. And the more he learned about it, the more intrigued he became. This could be the answer they were looking for. But as Harshit delved deeper into the details, he realized it was a risky move. There were a lot of unknowns and potential pitfalls, yet the possibility of securing the funding they needed without sacrificing ownership of the company was too enticing to ignore. I moved from fundraising from equity, like raising money against equity versus revenue-based funding. When we started really working around our right set of customers and all, we were growing at a decent phase of 50-60% year on year without really pumping in more money. And this was money from our happy customers who have been with us, retained with us, paying year after year to us and they're getting value out of it. So it's not only creating value for us or company, but for everybody who is working in the company, for founders, for customers, because they share with us what they want accordingly. We build our roadmap and try to upgrade our product so that customers keep on getting more and more value from the product. So that was the idle mindset from 2018 till 2022. We were trying to grow and we are growing a decent phase. So we crossed 2 million as revenue last year and all of it happened without raising a single penny from outside and that's when we realized that now we can grow this engine at much faster pace because we have got hold of a lot of things that work but we just need access to some capital so that we invest that capital and grow the business and when i had that clarity i was looking at what really capital is more cheaper for us as founders as building someone building company and i personally feel that if companies can really grow they know that okay there is a product market fit and they know what levers are working they just want to invest in those levers and grow then revenue-based financing is no-brainer because you can just raise those funds, you can invest in the company and grow the revenue and pay it back. So it's not that difficult to do. And since you already have so much revenue, if things don't work, still you have that accessibility that you can pay it off and just go back off that. In our case, in our first round when we raise, definitely you get into comfort zone because you don't have to pay back anything to anybody. And and with that, your, your entire decision making, the way you think that you know, how at least my psychology as founder works, that if I don't have that stress, I get into a relief mode and if things don't work, I'm little fine with it. If you're burning little more somewhere else, I'm little fine with it. And then definitely as a founder, you have to experiment also so the amount up to which you will experiment increases a lot and that leads to investing a lot on experiment not working out experiments and then and not really optimizing things as and when that's required but in this case we keep on doing like every quarter i go back and understand what really worked out for us what did not where we should invest where we should not because this is hard-earned capital not only mine but the entire company and i have to make sure that i do justice to that The weight of responsibility that comes with securing funding for a startup is immense. Harshit knew this all too well as he and his team considered revenue-based financing as an option. The idea of taking on more funding was enticing, but with it came the added pressure of being accountable for the money invested in their company. As Harshit contemplated their next move, he knew that they had to be cautious and responsible with every dollar. 
you have to and i think because we are also answerable not only to our customers but our team members also the first time when we had to go through that very difficult process of getting everybody placed at different different tasks that was very very torturing at my level for us so now whenever we look at spending even a dollar to hire anyone we just think that what really is the value this person will add and then hire so with that my ideology that has helped us make sure that we keep a check on what we are really spending but definitely when you really want to grow at more faster pace you need funds also that can be controlled or not controlled equity is not controlled while revenue based financing is more controlled and with controlled you can grow and and it's not like you just raise once and you are done with it in case you are growing then you can raise more rounds of revenue based financing because you are growing your revenue in parallel to it it's not like you are sitting idly you are definitely growing the revenue investing somewhere that has worked for you and trying to scale that up. so if that works in your favor then you can keep on raising that funds if it does not then also we are not in a position where we won't be able to pay it off we are profitable as a company and we can pay it back so ideally we have thought about it in that way and we went ahead and raised uh, revenue based financing and grow in the world of startups there are varying viewpoints some argue that revenue based financing is too limiting as the amount of funding that can be raised is directly tied to the company's revenue there are also those who believe that the equity side of things is the way to go as it allows for faster and more aggressive growth some of the spaces are very competitive where everybody is raising fund and when everybody is raising fund they are all going for the same camp and that is different market we are talking about in our case i think we had very big competitors and ideally what i'm talking about is likes of hps and ipl that we compete against so they already have something in this space and we are trying to build something in niche with more depth so we knew that even if i invest so much in building the product i i need to grow my business and the way we sell and that learning will take some time because it's not going and selling to convincing customer that okay this is done the way you sell to enterprise is lot more psychological and driven by a lot of other factors that will take time so in our case even if we ended up raising 2 million dollars today i would have invested what i am really investing now and the remaining fund would have not been a lot of use right away to me and second factor is as i mentioned psychologically i'm designed that way where until that pressure is there i'm not able to outperform myself i'm not able to challenge and like get things done and then be more aware of what really we are be more accountable overall that requires that pressure to be there so i think i i prefer revenue based financing for that because this is something that i can try more controllable for me i'll be more aware of where i'm spending what i'm doing because i have to pay it back number one and second is in that one year i can make an impact with the funds that i get and then get an roi from it in some of the cases the roi definitely will be little more stretched but for that you can keep on either raising or raise long term rb from companies so yep that's how i think about it as harshit stepped into the workplace that housed the team of apnox he was greeted by a wave of energy and enthusiasm The young and diverse team was fueled by a unique work culture that set them apart from the rest. For Harshit, the founder of the company, the culture of Apnox was a top priority. But how does one create a culture that stands out? For Harshit, it wasn't just about the physical workspace or hiring the right people. It was about instilling his own beliefs and values into the company and watching it trickle down into every aspect of the business. 
I, I personally feel it's always top down. If anything is going wrong at bottom level, and people who are really executing, it. it's not like it's a hierarchy, but. definitely there are a lot of people who are working on building strategy and a lot of people that come into execution side of thing who are really executing will they will get a lot of pointers on how to do what to do from their leaders and they look forward to them so a lot of company culture comes top to down and that is co-founder driven is what i see and what i have experienced also for example to give you an example like me and chubu come from two different worlds we very frank where i am early riser where i set up a lot of calls early in the morning and chubu is more of evening guy where he is driven by a lot of r and so if you put timeline for chubu it becomes very difficult now for entire engineering team the timeline was very difficult like, to tell them that okay we have to release this anyways that is for every company but for our company it was exceptionally difficult to say that okay this feature has to go out live in this time so for that we had to change chubu first the way he looks at it and then now we are seeing a lot of change in the entire team so that is an example but yeah once the leader starts talking in that language everybody in team starts adapting to it definitely a lot of psychological or how you treat your team members and all is person to person because some of the managers might not do that well uh, when you start building those manager layer but that can be also controlled by founders being more accessible and open and reachable for team members we have realized that in our company where anybody can ping me and i'll make sure that i speak with them once in 3 or 6 months with every team member who is there uh, today we are roughly around 60 member team and uh, that gives me a lot of insights on how each of them are working on what they are really working how motivated they are so if tomorrow manager comes back and says me that okay this guy is not performing i can say that there can be more issues because when i interacted he was really motivated or probably we are not utilizing that right so internally we have moved from move people from one complete function to another function when we realize that we can be more productive in different functions i had one on one with them i told them that okay the manager thinks that you are not fine and i personally feel that you are good in these aspects so i feel that you should be in this function if you are fine we'll move otherwise uh, you have to look for other opportunity and they are fine with sometimes they are fine sometimes they are not fine with moving their function in that case uh, it's a mutual call that we take but yeah As he observed the team at work, Harshad couldn't help but feel proud of what they had accomplished. The unique culture of Appnox was a source of inspiration for everyone, motivating them to take risks and innovate. It was clear that this approach to work culture was paying off as Appnox continued to grow and establish itself as a force to be reckoned with in the competitive tech industry. Throughout this podcast, We delved into the fascinating journey of Harshit and his company Appnox. We learned about the challenges and triumph of building a successful tech startup and how the right mindset and approach can make all the difference. From the early days of ideation and the excitement of diving into the mobile security industry to the ups and downs of securing funding and building a strong company culture, Harshit and his team persevered and ultimately achieved great success. We hope that the insights and experiences shared here have been informative and inspiring to our listeners, and we look forward to seeing what the future holds for Harshit and Appnox. That's all for today, folks. Thank you for tuning in to the SaaS Universe podcast. And remember, if you're looking for non-dilutive capital to help grow your business, Efficient Capital Labs is here to help. With their unique approach, you can receive up to 60% of your projected revenue as upfront capital and all within just 3 days. So don't wait. Head to www.ecaplabs.com to learn more and get started today. 
Thank you for listening and we'll catch you next time on the show.